Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm so glad you are here. You know, sometimes in my conversations with people about coming onto the podcast, I hear something that resonates so deeply with me that I have to continue the conversation. And that's exactly what happened with my next guest. I was able to have a conversation with her, and she helped me put words to something that I have been feeling my entire life. And I feel like I'm a pretty aware person and, you know, done a lot of personal development. I I would consider myself a personal development junkie. And she helped me realize something that I had not known. So I'm actually, before I dive in and introduce her, I'm actually going to ask you some questions for you to think about. So my little quiz for you is, Do you tend to be someone that is easily overwhelmed by such things as bright lights, strong smells, um, maybe the fabric? If you have like a wool jacket, it can be really itchy or scratchy. That might bother you. Do you make a point of avoiding violent TV shows and movies because they really bother you? Do you really love and have passion for the delicate or fine sense of cologne or perfume? Or does food seem to taste differently for you than it does to other people? Are you really noticing sounds in your environment more so than others? Can you really appreciate on a deep level works of art? Or do you stand in nature and almost come to tears because it's so beautiful? Maybe when you were a child, either a parent or a teacher or a relative might have said to you that you were either sensitive or shy. Or maybe you have the ability to walk into a business meeting with clients or colleagues and you immediately know that there's an elephant in the room. You can read everyone's body language when other people just don't seem to get it or or don't have that kind of awareness. You have an absolute feeling of you know exactly what's going on. So if you answered yes to several of these questions that I was asking or stating, you are more than likely a highly sensitive person. And my whole life, I knew I was sensitive, but I actually did not know that there was such thing as a highly sensitive person, which is why I feel so lucky to have Heather Dominic on the show today. She is trained in highly sensitive leadership, and she is the creator of businessmiracles.com, where she trains entrepreneurs and leaders to create more impact and more income with less effort by doing things differently. And she's been doing this since 2010. And the way she does this is she taps into teaching leaders who are highly sensitive how to manage their world differently because our world is different to us. We take in more stimulus. We take in more just in general. And we need to be aware of our differences as well as our strengths. Because the highly sensitive leader is someone who demonstrates high, high emotional EQ. So as we dive into the conversation today with Heather, I invite you to think about, now that you have this awareness, 
How can you harness the strengths of being highly sensitive? And how will you put those into action for your benefit and for your team's benefit, for your family's benefit? What will you do differently to really stand in the power of those strengths? And also, what will you do differently to take care of yourself a little differently? Which is what I learned walking away from this conversation is I do need more downtime than I give myself. I need that time to reset. I, I cannot you know, have my battery go all the way low. And my battery sometimes can go low faster than others. So it was a really great opportunity for me to learn from Heather as well. And I can't wait for you to learn from her as well. So let's dive into the conversation. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Heather, I am so glad you're on the show today. I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation. And so thank you for taking the time to be here. And I would love for you just to start out by just sharing a little bit about yourself and your career history. Yes, yes. I am also really looking forward to this conversation and so, so happy to be here. Um, let's see, in a nutshell. <laughs> um, so I have actually been self-employed for almost 20 years now. And before that, I was actually a high school English and drama teacher. So I did a major career pivot um, uh, very soon after 9-11. I also have lived in Manhattan for, gosh, over 25 years now. And my work has really traveled, you know, quite a gamut. But I would say at the heart of it all is I am always a teacher. So I was a teacher in the traditional classroom when I started my career. My first business was as a nutrition and wellness coach. And then it evolved into various forms of coaching for other wellness practitioners and where it has landed over the last decade is in service to highly sensitive entrepreneurs and now highly sensitive leaders. And again, through it all is that life purpose of being a teacher. First of all, I love Manhattan. It's such a great city. And I'm so glad <laughs> that co- I'm so glad that COVID is over so I can get to travel there again soon. Please, please do. Please do. <laughs> um, so I look forward to meeting you in person when I come. Um, so, well, first of all, I love that you identify this through line thread of teaching. You know, even though you've pivoted careers, at the essence of what you do is teaching. Yes. Um, and so many of my listeners are either because of COVID thinking about transitioning 
or they're heading back to work right now and thinking, oh, I don't really want to go back to what I was doing. And so, you know, I just kind of want to pause here for a moment and just say, if you can really dig deep and understand what your strengths are, what your life purpose is, and really get clear on that, it can really guide you to pivot to any different type of career, because obviously everything you mentioned was very different. But it had this through line of you living your life purpose and living in alignment with your values. So I love that you shared that. So thank you. And, you know, I get a lot of people wanting to be on the podcast, which is great. And I'm so glad. And when you approached me about being on the podcast, it really caught my eye because around the highly sensitive leaders and I was reading your bio and you and I had a great conversation and everything you were sharing really resonated with me personally. And I was like, I have to bring this to my listeners. So can you share with my audience what highly sensitive means and talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So first of all, highly sensitive is not a phrase coined by me. It actually comes out of a lot of research that really began in the mid-1990s. And uh, specifically, there's one woman, though she's not the only uh, researcher in this realm, definitely brought the concept of highly sensitive more to the mainstream. Her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron. And again, she's a primary researcher in the field of high sensitivity and uh, and also uh, has written various books about what it means to be a highly sensitive person. In short, what that means is that if you are highly sensitive, first of all, it is biological and physiological in regards to your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive. And that stimulation is in all regards. Think sights, smells, sounds, touch, also information, energy, emotions. And that probably, hopefully you can already get a sense, will have an impact on how that person shows up in the world and how they process the world. And also another important aspect about what it means to be highly sensitive is that the research has shown that there's 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive. So two important things about that. One, you can see and feel, right, the the percentage 20% versus 80%. So as a highly sensitive, if you're unaware of your high sensitivity, or as I like to say, also, perhaps you are untrained in how to manage your nervous system, it can really feel like there's something wrong with you or that you are often the odd person out. Because it's literally like a one in five, right? And then the other important part about that is, again, that you are born into the world. It is how your nervous system is wired. So I always like to say, it's not what your parents did when they were raising (laughs) you, right? And it's not, you know, something you picked up on the playground in elementary school. And it's not because of that weird purple drink that you had in college. It is literally how you were brought into the world. Interesting. And so how does someone know if if they are highly sensitive? Yes. I know yes. for me, when I 
when you and I had the conversation because I had never heard of this concept before. And, um, you know, I kind of consider myself a personal development junkie. And when I when you and I had the conversation, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's finally words that fit how I feel. I mean, I absolutely identify as highly sensitive, no doubt about it. And I'm glad I finally have the words to articulate that. But I'm curious, you know, for someone who hasn't been exposed or hasn't had the privilege of having a conversation with you, how do you, I, you know, how do you self-identify or find out if you're highly sensitive? Absolutely. So first of all, Dr. Aaron has various assessments that you can take. And that was definitely what I did over, you know, 10 years ago when I first realized that, oh, I think this is something that I I might be experiencing. And when I took that first assessment, it really made such a difference for me. And, uh, and then since then, I've developed an assessment that's primarily for those who are highly sensitive and also in the realm of self-employment or they feel called to start a business. But without an assessment, I would say in a very, very shortcut kind of way, is to really just check in with yourself and do you tend to have a different environmental experience than most of those around you? So for example, are you the person who can pretty much immediately identify the type of lighting that's needed in a room, for example, like the lights are too bright or it'd be better if they were brought down? Do you have a sensitivity in terms of sound? Do you tend to, you know, really be able to pick up on the emotions or energy of things happening around you or people that you're sharing a space with? And if you answer yes, yes, and yes, then probably you are, you know, falling into that space of being highly sensitive. And it's definitely something for you to explore further. Yeah. So um, I totally appreciate that explanation. And I'm curious to know, you said you took the assessment. So how did, how did you, you know, kind of what's your story and how did you come upon this work? Great question. So I had been self-employed for about almost 10 years. And at that point, I had actually brought my business across the seven-figure mark for the first time. And I would love to say that it was like this amazing experience, (laughs) and it was fabulous, and it was so full of accomplishment and achievement. And it wasn't any of those things. I was absolutely completely completely overwhelmed. I was overworked. I was overexhausted. And I was really questioning if the realm of self-employment was actually for me. And if it wasn't, then what was I going to do? Because I didn't really want to go back to teaching in the traditional classroom. And it was really, truly a dark night of the soul. And outside of just continuing to really, you know, serve with love my clients at that time, I pretty much withdrew from everything else. I stopped working with coaches. I stopped going to trainings. I took myself off email lists and I really went into a deep space of self-inquiry. And from that space, I was led to Dr. Elaine Aaron and did some work with her. And that first assessment was, was part of that. And I had never heard the term highly sensitive at that time. Mm -hmm. And as per is 
usual, most people, myself included, when first hearing that term are like, oh, that sounds awful. Uh, you know, that's like, that's a real problem. And I didn't want to be highly sensitive. But the more that I really, you know, put myself into a, a deep space of research, and again, inquiry, I realized like, oh, this is a massive missing piece for me. This makes so much sense. And really a major light bulb went off. And I really remember so clearly thinking to myself, ah, okay, if I want to remain self-employed, I have to do everything differently. I have to really go about this in an entirely different way than what I've been doing up until now. And that will be the only way that I'll actually be able to, you know, stay on this path and also stay sane. And that was really the beginning and everything has shifted and changed since then. So Heather, thank you so much for sharing that. I, one of the things I pride myself on the show is, you know, kind of taking insights and turning those into action. And so it's exactly what you did. You had this insight, you had this awareness that you were highly sensitive and then you took action differently in your business. And I would, I'm curious to know if you could share what are some of the actions that you took using that insight to change your business to basically accommodate being highly sensitive? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Everything. And also not all at once. So, you know, really, I always say, you know, I am my first client. So everything that I teach and train on all of the tools that I offer and the highly sensitive leadership training programs all have come from my own experience. I would say probably two of the most important realms where I made changes right away were uh, definitely in regards to how I went about marketing and selling. I completely started uh, taking uh, a different approach and one that was, and now uh, at that time, I should say, I started designing it to lean more towards the strengths that we possess as highly sensitives. And then therefore really had to, you know, give myself permission to go in a different direction than the majority of what I saw happening out um, in the marketing world, happening out on the internet. And then also the other area was the way that I arranged my schedule and worked with time. And those were two of the, the most you know key areas right from the get-go and have remained so and have really rippled out into everything that I do, all of my business operations, the way that I work with my team, how I create new content and material, ways that I do continue to go about marketing and selling has definitely been, you know, not only consistent, but it's discontinued to to grow and grow in in this, you know, new direction or different direction, if you will. I'm sure people listening are like, okay, I answered the questions up front. Now I know I'm highly sensitive. And they hear you talking about what you did differently with time. So would you mind just maybe giving one or two specific examples of what you did specifically different with time to really accommodate you being highly sensitive? 
for sure, happily. So first of all, I'll say that, you know, if you are highly sensitive, you want to first and foremost, you know, go through a process that helps you to truly understand more about how you work best. And I want to say that first and foremost, because I'm going to share a little bit about now how I do things differently. But in no way am I saying, and this is how all highly sensitives should go about, you know, how they they work with time. Um, So first of all, I just threw out the whole concept of nine to five or eight to four. It was like, I just put like a big X through, through that. And also the five day work week, just big red X's done, gone, stopped. And through, again, understanding like how I work best, started to rearrange my schedule to accommodate what works best for me in terms of, you know, what my circadian rhythm is, uh, what I need to be like, not only my most functional or most productive, but also my most creative. And so for me, what that tends to shake out to is kind of like an 11 to four period, and especially during the winter months. And then that kind of can like, you know, expand to like six o'clock on the more, you know, summer, spring, more light um, when it comes to those seasons. But also I tend to take a big break in the middle of the day. So, um, yeah, so it's like, so when is she working? So it isn't really about like, if I'm working or not working, but what's actually happening in the times when I'm working and that all of this has just been absolutely revolutionary. And so much so to the point that if, when I find myself making accommodations around how it is that I work best, it typically doesn't work out so well. (laughs) Right. Like every once in a while I'll make an exceptional exception. Like maybe it's like, Oh, I would really love to do that interview with that person. Um, and you know, not that it's always so terrible, but again, I I always clock like, "Mm, that wasn't necessarily my best. So it, it really has just made such a difference for, you know, what I'm able to create and how I'm able to create it. So I love that you shared that. And, um, you know, I, you and I both have the luxury of being independent entrepreneurs. We work for ourselves. I do my best work between 8 p.m. at night and one in the morning. So I'm a total night owl. Yes. I have tried so many times to become a morning person because I thought, oh, it'd be so much more productive. It just does not work for me. And so I've come to accept that. But what do you say to the listener who um, is working in a corporate career? Yes. And they're sitting here saying, okay, ladies, that's great for you guys. But what about me? Like, I have to be on the job from eight to five. And maybe my best hours for creativity are from eight to 11 at night. But I don't have that luxury. So what do you what do you say to that person? Well, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is in a very strange way, we are all living in a space of golden opportunity because of the global pandemic. And not just because the pandemic forced so many to work from home who had never worked from home previously, but because it's almost as if there has been this opening 
for consideration to do things differently where that consideration was not present pre-pandemic. And that really does need to be acknowledged because I feel like if you and I were having this conversation pre-pandemic, I would be giving a different answer. But right now we are really in this position where there is the possibility to have these conversations that might not have been so readily considered pre-pandemic. So along those lines is to be willing to have a conversation, right? So any change comes from the willingness to ask and the willingness to ask for consideration, and then to be in conversation and to see if there is room for negotiation and if there's room for opportunity to do things differently. Now, with that said, I will also acknowledge that one of my primary trainings that you know I offer in my programming is about how to have difficult conversations as a person who's highly sensitive, because often that is a challenge that does, you know, um, flood the nervous system, if you will, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. So you would want to first, again, like get really clear for yourself. That makes all the difference when you're entering into a conversation about possibilities and what can be done differently. It's very different if you enter in with very clear information, evidence to demonstrate that information, you know, right? Like for you, Natalie, it might be, you know, like, look at this, like amazing thing that I produced at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you know, (laughs) and like, um, and to be able to bring that to the table or versus if you show up in a very general or vague space and just, you know, asking for change or demanding change, but without any evidence or clear communication about why the ask is being made. So, you know, in simplicity, I would say, recognize that we're in this amazing space of opportunity now collectively to do the preparation to understand more about who you are, what it is that you really need to be your most productive, enter into the conversation with that information and frame it as in how this will be of service, not only for yourself, but for everyone involved, whether it's your team, um, your corporation, organization, the clients, people that you serve, and let that shape and hopefully be able to open up doors for something to, you know, truly shift, change, and again, be done differently. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. This is, I see, um, and really hearing what you're sharing is another opportunity for women and men to advocate for themselves. And this this is a, a really good way to do that. I remember so many times in my personal relationships, old boyfriends, you know, being called, you're so sensitive. You're overly sensitive, right? I've heard that so many times. Um, even at work, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't let that get to you. Right. And so that's why it so resonated for me when we had our initial conversation. So for those listening, um, how do you differentiate between highly sensitive and overly sensitive? Yes. So again, first and foremost, it's remembering that, you know, being highly sensitive is biological and it is physiological. So it's how your nervous system is wired. 
And so you are going to have a different experience than those around you. So if you also have had people say to you, like, you're being too sensitive and I'm, you know, just nodding along with you as you're (laughs) recounting those moments, because I've had that and probably every single person that I've mentored has experienced that in some way as well. So when you really understand that you're highly sensitive, it's twofold. It's one to recognize, okay, this means that I process the world differently. So to somebody else, it probably is going to appear too sensitive, but this just means that they don't understand Mm -hmm. that my experience is different than their experience. And then second is to really begin to work with your nervous system, as I said, to go from being an untrained, highly sensitive to a trained, highly sensitive. And then you become or you grow into a space where you're more easily able to manage how your nervous system processes and not so that you can fit in and be like the other 80%, but more so that you're equipped to language how you're processing things differently. That is all within the realm of high sensitivity. Being overly sensitive is more of an emotional state. So being overly sensitive could possibly be the experience of, again, someone who's highly sensitive but untrained, but also someone who's not highly sensitive but doesn't necessarily have the wherewithal to be able to contain their emotions. So that's really the difference. Is the nervous system actually literally being flooded or is this an emotional maturity or lack of maturity um, that when developed, you know, will literally shift a quality or a characteristic? And that's really the, the primary difference. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is this emotional maturity and more emotional intelligence versus a physiological, this is how we're built. Exactly. And what I love about what you said is, you know, it's not about us changing. Right. Um, It's about being sensitive and understanding enough and giving other people grace, not saying acceptance because understanding is not always acceptance but giving understanding to the fact that they just don't know our experience and being, and I love what you say trained. So it being trained and skilled enough to use language to express ourselves in a way that others can understand us. So I always say this is the platinum role, right? It's yes. treat other, the, others the way they want to be treated, not the way we want to be treated. And, and to really be aware of what, how other people experience us and be able to manage those conversations. That's right. That's right. And that is such the key piece. I'm always bringing, you know, the work, bringing the training back to the languaging piece, because again, what tends to happen for so many highly sensitives when they're untrained is they capitulate. You know, it takes a highly sensitive often longer to process, right? Or which so then that means that sometimes it takes us longer to find the words and it's easy to give over to someone who's not highly sensitive if they especially tend to be louder, tend to be brassier, tend to move more quickly. And what's so key is that it doesn't have to be that way. That is the default, 
Because again, when you're untrained, that is most likely just, you know, a pattern that you developed in order to be able to cope. But there is another alternative. Absolutely. And so I'm assuming you share that in your course about how to have that language and how to basically manage those conversations. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's so key. And especially, you know, when it comes to being a a leader, right? Like whether that's within your own business, or again, within a corporation, or, you know, even just within family life, right, is you use the word advocate earlier, right? Like how to be able to advocate for what it is that you need. Um, and to do it with a way, and I believe that you maybe used the word earlier as well with grace, and that can really be both understood, but, you know, also really effective. I love that. And and, and by no means do I want to give any impression here that being highly sensitive is a, a bad thing, or there's any judgment around it at all, because mm-hmm. there isn't mm-hmm. um, from either one of us. And what I would love for you to share is how can people how can people lead with their highly sensitive strengths as a leader because you know when i when i say there's no judgment i guess i have no judgment about it and since 80% of the people aren't highly sensitive and then i think when you get into a business or a corporate environment um, you know, it's all about results. It's all about deliverables. It's all about objectives, meeting objectives. And to a highly sensitive person like myself, that can often feel very cold, very just, it, it can be off-putting. What, what advice do you give to leaders to really utilize and call upon those strengths as a highly sensitive leader um, to make an impact in what can be somewhat of a seemingly cold environment sometimes? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, first and foremost, it goes back to that knowing of yourself, right? That really just has to be the foundation. So part of what I teach is what I refer to as the 12 top highly sensitive shadows and 12 top highly sensitive strengths. And that can be a really good place to start. I'll just, you know, briefly speak to three from each. So within the shadow side, definitely overwhelm is a top shadow. That just makes sense, right? If your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a higher degree, you are going to experience overwhelm beyond what is the catchphrase of overwhelm. Uh, There's also the shadow of over-responsibility where you feel responsible for someone else just because you have a sense of what they're feeling or thinking or needing. And then there's also the shadow of over-protection where you tend to set up these walls or barriers to try to help yourself to not go into overwhelm, which then of course limits, you know, the degree to which you're able to contribute. And then from the strength side is we are extremely intuitive. That is absolutely one of our top strengths. We are extremely empathic when used as a strength, extremely effective. We also have the strength of being deep thinkers, and I'll just tack on to that, also being deep feelers and deep listeners. So when you start to really understand, oh, okay, when, again, my nervous system is untrained and I kind of slip into shadow side, then it feels like my nervous system is working against me. But when I am in a space where I 
am able to manage and have a sense of being trained with my nervous system, I am more readily and again, at a higher or deeper degree because of the way the nervous system is wired, able to access these strengths. And then from there, the way that you can have conversations with those who you're working with, who are on your team, in corporation, et cetera, is to really offer that you have an additional perspective to share. And just even that phrase can be helpful. I would like to offer an additional perspective here that I sense would be valuable to the project, to the goal, you know, to the client. And that goes back to the language, right? And really being able to language uh, very clearly what it is that you have to offer that can really be of value because of how you see things differently, because of how you process things differently. It can also really become a great metric for yourself in making decisions about where it is that you do want to contribute. Meaning it's not about being in a corporation or not in a corporation, but the more that you start to understand how you function as a highly sensitive, that can really inform your decisions about you know, which jobs you apply for, which roles you fill. And then, you know, from the get-go, bring that into the conversation. You have this additional perspective to offer um, that really lends a new and, in my opinion, very much needed level of leadership as we all enter into this new world. Mm, So, so powerful. And I love the example that you give around languaging that, you know, I have an additional perspective to share. So, so powerful. And really tapping into those strengths that we bring to the table. Right. And everything that you mentioned around highly sensitives are traits of powerful leaders. Yes. Deep thinkers, deep feelers, and deep listeners. Yes. And empathic. I mean, those are all great skills of leadership. So to that point, to kind of tag on to that, is is every highly sensitive person meant to be a leader? I would say yes and no. <laughs> so I would say yes with a redefinition of leadership, right? So we could even take it to like the four quadrants of leadership that are often taught. The traditional or stereotypical leadership that most people identify as leadership is leadership over where you're leading over but there are the other three quadrants of leadership to leadership with and leadership within so if we look at those additional three quadrants then i would say yes especially because the leadership within it literally could very much just be about being the leader of your life and that is massive for a highly sensitive, where you no longer have to feel like you are a victim to the world or that you're in this constant onslaught of stimulation. And then are we all meant to lead, you know, with or to? Not necessarily, right? But again, maybe leading with is about you as a parent, right? Or you as a partner, So again, yes, right? So it's about what is this new definition of leadership that 
again, in my opinion, we're all meant to be embracing as we enter into this new world because leadership over is so last century and (laughs) not really helpful for anyone. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's exactly why you're on the show because that's why the podcast is called Lead Your Life because it, it is about you don't need a formal title of leader to right. lead. It's all about right. taking intentional action, being active in your choices, not being a victim, really you know, digging into personal awareness and being more aware of what's important to you, who you are, how you show up in the world. And I think that's why this topic, and I'm so excited about this conversation, is because this is another opportunity for people to really dive into that self-awareness and become more aware of who they are as a leader with influence, no matter what title they have, whether it be mom, sister, daughter, brother, you know, actual leader, you know, director, VP, whatever that is, we're all we're all leaders. And and like you said, even if even if you're a single person listening mm-hmm. to this, you're still leading your own life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why I love the work that you do so much. And what I would also offer up is as you're listening, if you're getting a sense of like, I don't really think I'm highly sensitive, then what I have to offer is someone in your life is. So this can also be really helpful and valuable if you are in more of a traditional leadership position, who on your team is highly sensitive and how can you start utilizing that different perspective that they have to offer or who in your family might be highly sensitive and how can you begin to not try to get them to be so much like you but instead, you know, create a space where there's room for both to contribute from, you know, varying points of view. So just something to think about along those lines as well. Yeah, I love that this is really an expansion of the diversity conversation of how, mm-hmm. do, how do you look at, you know, cognitive diversity, emotional diversity, um, in addition to gender diversity, racial diversity on your team? And how do you really make people feel included? And how do you tap into those strengths to offer yeah. different perspectives? So I I love that you're sharing that. What other tips do you have for highly sensitive leaders kind of as we start to kind of close out our conversation? Well, you know, what I would offer is to see if you can really begin to enter into a shift in perception about the way that you view yourself and the value that you bring to the table. And, you know, as I shared as part of my own story earlier in our conversation, it does really require that shift in perception because we've been socialized up until now to identify the more, you know, quote unquote, stereotypical traits of sensitivity to be something of a weakness or of a detriment. So it isn't something that you need to get over. It's not something that you need to hide. It's not something that you need to try to like just push through, but instead, you know, how can you really begin to embrace for yourself this amazing, you know, unique aspect about literally how you're wired and what you're here to bring to 
anything that you're a part of and to, you know, I'm going to go back to your word of advocate to begin to create that space for yourself. That's leadership. That's leadership. Yes. And I love what you're saying about just embracing, embracing that this is a strength that you were born with. It is what makes you unique. It's what makes you different. And how do you embrace that to such a place where you acknowledge for yourself what a gift it is? Because it is, it's a gift. It's a gift. Um, I, I really know that. I know that there's shadow sides of it because I've felt those shadow, shadow sides myself. But I feel like it's such a gift to be able to feel so deeply and to love so deeply and to care so deeply about my friends, my colleagues. I, I feel like I, I'm so lucky that I get this kind of extreme experience on both ends. The highs are high, but the lows can be really low as well. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I think when I was younger, I, I questioned it and, you know, parenting, I think came into that as well. Like, why are you crying about this? And, you know, that kind of those, that kind of talk. And mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily accepted. And right. I'll never forget about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. You know, I mean, I cry at Hallmark commercials. I've said that on the, po- on the podcast before. Yes. I mean, I'm yes. so touched and so deeply moved by some things that other people are like, what is she crying for? You know, right. what is that about? And I can get really deeply moved by music and um, yes. movies and poetry and um, just even a card from my husband that is so meaningful to me. And I love that I can feel that way. And for, I think for a while I was, you know, somewhat not embarrassed, but it just, I was shy about that piece of me. And until a friend said, you know, I love that your vulnerability, like your vulnerability and your, how you show up emotionally is such a strength. And that was the first time I really understood that, wow, other people do view this and they do envy it in myself because they're either not able to do it themselves or they don't feel comfortable sharing the way I share. Right. And to me, it just feels very natural. So I, I, I love this conversation. And I, as we end our conversation, I would just ask you, you gave so much valuable information today. What is one insight that you would have um, for my listeners to really take the insights that you've shared and put it into action? Mm-hmm. Well, I think when it really comes to that claiming piece, right? And so, you know, as you were just talking, a phrase that was flashing through my mind is a phrase that I did first hear from Dr. Elaine Aaron, where she identifies that those of us who are highly sensitive, we are brought here to be the royal advisors. That we are brought here to be the royal advisors to the world, that the other 80% tends to be more of those warrior kings and queens, right? And we need the royal advisors. We need those of us who are, as you said, deeper thinkers, deeper feelers, deeper listeners, who are more introspective and who do have this unique coding of strengths. So an action to take would be to ask yourself, where am I meant to be showing up as a royal advisor or with my royal advisor contribution? And then follow that. 
follow that. And that is how I see that you can take the insight of being highly sensitive out into the world and and move it into action. So amazing, Heather. And I know I'm inspired by your work. And I would love for you to share how my listeners can dive in deeper if they want to have a deeper conversation with you and find out more. I know you offer a course. So if you could share a little bit about that before we close out, that'd be great. Definitely. So I would say you can go to businessmiracles.com, businessmiracles.com, and you'll find out more information about the work that I do and what it actually means in regards to highly sensitive leadership. And if you happen to be an entrepreneur and you would like to take the assessment that's geared towards highly sensitives or entrepreneurs, you can find that at hsequiz.com, hsequiz.com. Perfect. And we'll have all of that in the show notes for my listeners as well. Heather, thank you so much for gifting your time to myself and my li- and my listeners this afternoon. I'm so grateful and just really, really appreciative that you were here today. Loved our conversation. And again, love the work that you're doing in the world in regards to leadership. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.